0: Welcome back to another OU football podcast powered by the Norman Transcript. My name is Joe Pettner and joining me today is a man who loves himself a plate of cheese fries from Eskimo Joe's. It's Tyler Palmatier. They are pretty good. They're delicious. Cheese fries are good. I would even consider them great. They're hard to mess up. Maybe a little bit too easy of a addition Maybe not something you want to be known for, but having them is a huge plus. Do we know what the source of the cheese is there? I don't do know what Eskimo Joe's does, but a good Monterey Jack, you got me sold. Do you think it's the cheese,
1: or do you think it's the? Well, I think I
0: don't they've think got a good fry. You need a fry. I mean, you That's need a what good they fry. Have. They have that. Hey, you well, need a good fry. You need a good bacon to go with it. Agreed. And you're great. You're 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 set. I feel like
1: Eskimo Joe's posted a photo of their cheese fries but it was only the cheese and the fries.
0: Yeah, that was weird. It didn't they look were good pl- to me. They Nobody replied to my tweet. With that? They replied to one of my tweets when I was talking about the Jalen Hurts, and if you don't know what we're talking about, hi, it's Bedlam Week. Uh, Jalen Hurts, we'll get you caught up Did to you speed. introduce yourself? I did. I did. Okay. Transcript junior sports writer, Joe Bettner. Rookie
1: um, sports writers <laughs> I prefer to introduce you as.
0: <laughs> assistant to assistant to
1: senior sports writer <laughs> slash editor
0: um, uh it's bedlam week and monday's press conference got a little off the rails at times and jalen hurts was a part of it and he was gotta love that asked some pretty light questions from a one guarantee he of the tulsa world about Eskimo Joe's and cheese fries and of course Jalen Hurts has not been to Eskimo Joe's. I I mean maybe there's if you always go into those questions and I I, I want people to understand from the reporter side of things. We ask those questions even though sometimes we kind of know going in there's probably not an answer to it. But if there is, then you just, you kind of played yourself for not asking it because what if Jalen hurts goes into that questions? Like actually, yeah, like one time I, I had a buddy that was, he goes to Stillwater and I would
1: have loved to have heard that story.
0: But if you don't, but like, if you go in every one of those questions thinking like, Oh, they, there's no way, but there might be a story. And, that, and that's why we ask those questions sometimes. But Jalen Hurts was asked about cheese fries and it's kind of a weird subplot to this whole thing because OSU fans took it, very out of context and got very mad about it. But Jalen Hurts saying he doesn't like cheese fries, which is fine.
1: I knew as soon as he said he didn't like cheese fries that this was going to be a thing.
0: <laughs> I mean, I think OSU students might uh might, might have some cheese fries related signage. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know. I texted you. I really hope that Jalen Hurts has an Instagram story of him eating cheese fries after an OU victory on Saturday if they do win. But... Who knows?
1: There's a 0%
0: chance that happens. The, on the flip side of this, I though, would
1: love that, though, if he went in there and just, like... He's the kind of guy that I could see going in there and getting a plate of food and maybe, like, snapping a few photos with with even, a, like, an OSU fan.
0: Oh, yeah. J- Jalen...
1: There's really no reason to disrespect... I mean, I could see the hate for Baker Mayfield from the OSU side, but...
0: That was very easy to see.
1: I don't understand. <laughs> or even, I guess, maybe Kyler Murray when he didn't pronounce Mike Yursich's name right last year and... Said he didn't like still water. I mean, that doesn't get you off on the right foot, but Jalen Hurts saying he doesn't like cheese fries. I mean, that's more of just like, he may have said that because he just, I think he really doesn't like cheese fries.
0: I think it's like a dietary thing. I just think he
1: was like, what's going on here? I don't think he really had an answer for it. It wouldn't shock me, though.
0: It wouldn't shock me if Jalen was never exposed to like junk food. Yeah. Because they, I mean, being a big time college football prospect,
1: you know. It just depends on how their bodies process it. I mean, that's the thing about athletes. Some of them can eat whatever they want. And they're just naturally just, what is it, uh, endomorphic? Uh, I'll have to look it up because I never get them right.
0: You're looking at a guy who uh, was not great at science. It's pretty amazing. There's some
1: body types just like, it doesn't matter. Like, literally yeah. it doesn't matter. They are going to be shaped like a triangle. And there's going to be like zero body fat. Yeah. And they can eat all the trash.
0: It's not great. Um, on the flip side of things, though, it's just been a weird week so far. It's Bedlam week. It, it always kind of feels like a weird week uh, when Bedlam rolls around just because, you know, it's at the end of the schedule and, A, you're kind of thinking, wow, season kind of flew by. Although, for me, this year, it does not feel like the season's flown by. It feels like it's dragged on for quite a while. Um, I don't know how you feel about that. It. I don't know. I've had
1: other years where it seemed like it's been more bogged down i've only got two under my belt but i don't know kind of it's at times i I feel like i did all of a sudden kind of look up and all of a sudden we were at right now or we're were at senior day i think that's when it really got me i was like wow
0: time just moves quicker and quicker
1: as i get older time marches on as tracy lawrence once said you know that is all of right, course. let's move on.
0: Of course, I do. Of course, I do. Um, but it's Bedlam Week. Oklahoma heading into this game. Not a whole lot of implications because the Big Twelve title game is already set. The implications.
1: Pride. You ever heard of Pride?
0: You know, not a whole lot of pride in a series that's eighty-eight to eighteen. Just hey, could be number a lot nineteen. Of pride on the line. <laughs> could be number nineteen this weekend. Uh, not a whole lot of implications as there has been, I should say in recent bedlam history neither or well oklahoma state oh you asked to win are you i mean are you talking about outside the playoff i'm talking about as far as like big 12 title like oh yeah this has been a game that has kind of decided you know or has at least now last year obviously being an exception And it's just weird we get back to back years where there's really not a whole lot on the line Mm -hmm. for for big 12 title race implications but um oklahoma and baylor's already set Uh, As we mentioned, you know, Saturday after Oklahoma beat TCU and Baylor beating Texas, but uh, this game still is very important to Oklahoma and kind of like last year, Oklahoma State can be somewhat of a spoiler and derail an Oklahoma college football playoff run. So that is something that obviously is noteworthy. And if the Cowboys were to come out on top, I would fully expect, you know, a, a, a storming of the field, rushing it maybe. I think so.
1: Uh, they haven't won enough games in Stillwater for that to not be the case. Yeah. I mean,
0: they'll they'll flood the field if that happens. I mean, when it happened in 2011, it was kind of weird because Oklahoma State was very obviously the better team. Mm-hmm. And so that was strange. And they also blew them out. So it was just kind of like a slow, slow burn of
1: – I kind of get it. They, I mean, they I don't think they had beaten them since the stadium had been renovated. No. There. And that first Big 12 championship and kind of – they were just sort of drunk in the success of that season.
0: That, that yeah, you're right. I mean, they, they some, clinched like the you, Big
1: Twelve title that night. Yeah, you can say, act like you've been there to some people, but they uh, they had never. I'm not one of those never people. Been there.
0: Not yeah. one of those people.
1: Although it was a violent. I don't mean violent. Like I don't know that anybody got like bludgeoned like with a helmet or anything like that. But it was a aggress, aggressive is a better word. That was an aggressive field storm. Like Kansas State against OU was really like.
0: Hey guys, let's come on down <laughs> on the field. Okay.
1: <laughs> that's my impression of you. That's like, that's you storming the field.
0: Hey guys, I think I'm going to go down there. <laughs> yeah. Th- I think I might, might check it out.
1: <laughs> hey Connor, I think I'm going to go down there. Uh, text me or something later. I'm going to, I'll be, I'll meet you at like the 35 here in like 15
0: minutes. If you could like get a picture of me, like on the field, <laughs> it'd be chill. I mean, if you can't, I get it. But like, just like me, like throwing up the deuces, that'd be dope. Um, rushing the fields definitely play though and I think Oklahoma State has a chance in this football game I would I would not be shocked if Oklahoma came out of this game as a loser Uh, but the other flip side to the press conferences of Monday was Mike Gundy throwing what I thought was actual shade at Oklahoma and it was such a weird rant I know that you had some fun with it on Twitter but I do oh you just said that I want to make oh, this my the, shirt tail.
1: Yeah, no, that was actually really funny. Not my, not what I did, but that what he <laughs> said was
2: so funny.
0: Which, if you don't know what we're talking about, we'll play the clip right now.
2: Well, I, I, you know what? About two thirty in the morning, I finished this before I went home. I'm gonna give you. We got any history buffs in here? I'm gonna give you some of you. Most of y'all are too young, but guys that have been around for a while. Let me give you some numbers here and see if anybody can do this. Okay, I got a, I got a, a, a prize. If anybody can tell me what the answer is. Okay. And I know nobody knows it because I was the only one at 2.30 working. I'm going to give you some numbers. 137, 143, 125, 171, 153, 105, and 140. Okay, now I'll give you the last one, 180. Okay, so you asked me about their offense. There was a guy that played at OU named Thomas Lott. He had 137 carries a season. There was a guy that played OU named JC Watts. He averaged 143 carries. A guy named Charles Thompson, he averaged 125 carries. Guy named Steve Davis averaged 171 carries. Guy named Jamel Holloway averaged 153 carries. Guy named Baker Mayfield averaged 105 carries, and a guy named Murray that averaged 140. Now, who who averaged Who's got 180 rushes this year? They're a wishbone team, guys. They're just lined up in the spread. Okay, he's 449 of their offensive plays have been him either throwing it or carrying it. The next closest guy on their team has 114. So take those numbers into account. Forever, we thought wishbone quarterbacks were the guys that carry the ball a lot. This guy's got 180 rushes. It's a one-man show. I mean, this is a triple option team, okay? And it's just disguised as a spread. You got to tackle him. You got to make plays on him. I mean, it's a one-man show.
1: Take those numbers into account. <laughs> and he had that funny little look on his face. He was so satisfied with himself for having those numbers. He he did throw shade, but I loved that. He was just so ready when he got that idea. I'm gonna get these numbers together of all these OU quarterbacks, and then the way he presented it, and he said, he, first of all, he said he was gonna have a prize for everyone." He said, "I'll give a prize to whoever gets this right." Well, like everybody got it right, so. Did he make good on that?
0: Or? I don't know what the prize would have been. I mean, I don't know what Gundy's idea. Gundy's idea of honestly, probably he he does seem like a someone who would dole out respect as a prize. But <laughs> he called a, uh, and uh, you know, I I think it's it's worth noting that I think he he gave a lot of praise to Oklahoma for what they've been able to do with Jalen Hurts. Obviously, Lincoln Riley. Did not anticipate Jalen Hurts maybe being Colin Klein, Colin Klein, uh, or as I have now publicly put on Twitter, a better version of Blake Bell.
1: Also, kind of true, um, it's frighteningly true.
0: And honestly, and some people thought that that was me being disrespectful, and I have a lot of respect for Blake Bell. I got a lot of respect for him and Hurts. I don't, people are
1: so down. I don't think they're acting like the fact that he's running it's like an indictment. Yeah, I mean, he's. tough dude
0: and oklahoma i mean for what they have been recently i think the national narrative around ou has been so strange i feel like (laughs) the national pundits are kind of they just don't know what to make of this team because they're not putting up 50 points and i think we could really see a throwback bedlam game as far as two really run dependent offenses and two pretty stingy defenses at least relative to what we've seen now this isn't the 85 bears trotting out there but this is two pretty good units i think that are coming into this game with confidence Oh, use defense for what that tcu game was you you almost lose it but at the same time that's got to be a good confidence builder and then oklahoma state has done some of the same things these past few weeks as far as winning football games with their defense i'm not saying this game is going to end in like two hours but they're going to be running the ball quite a bit that clock's going to be chewing up wouldn't that be great though (laughs) it would be beautiful i would love it but i think that gundy's comments about you know jalen hurts being a one-man show a little bit exaggerated i i think that oklahoma has probably could have not said it they're a one-man show
1: yeah i mean i got the point but he kind of risks some bullets and board material when he went took it a step further i mean That's the kind of stuff players get chewed out behind the scenes for saying, like the week leading up to a game like this. And he offered it up at his Monday press conference.
0: Maybe Mike Gundy is taking on – it's like a new year, new me kind of thing because I think a lot of the – and I listen to and read a lot of content from the OSU side of things. I like keeping up with the Cowboys to an extent. I listen to the Pistols – I'm a regular listener of the Pistols Firing Podcasts. Good podcast, a good. O, really good podcast about OSU, really entertaining. And one of the things that comes up quite a bit, I think, from that fan perspective, and maybe I'm wrong, but this is just what I gather as an outside observer, someone who just covers OU um, athletics and just likes keeping up with kind of all the teams around the Big 12. But one of the things that I kind of gather from OSU fans is that Mike Gundy goes in to Bedlam and they kind of think that he's a little bit, scared i guess he, he goes into bedlam games playing pretty conservative and as someone who watches the games i think that's fairly accurate mm-hmm. i don't think he takes a lot of big chances in this game i think that oklahoma has been very much the aggressor even when oklahoma state's maybe been better i mean 2017 2013 are games that very well could have went the cowboys way and played in Stillwater.
1: i don't know that i have a great explanation for 2013 i don't th- know that i remember enough about that But I do kind of think they may have got tight at the end. 2017, I don't know that there's much. I I mean, I think they kind of unloaded everything they had. There was one year. Oklahoma Oklahoma State. I mean, I don't think they left anything in the chamber. That was just a – you just got beat by Baker Mayfield. And look at the guys on the field for Oklahoma. That offense. I mean, the guys that are – Rodney Anderson, Marquise Brown, CeeDee Lamb. That was kind of
0: Marquise Brown's – coming out party
1: yeah he was just running all over the field he got the the hollywood nickname really stuck that night but i'm trying to think you mentioned uh
0: 2013
1: no you mentioned that they had years where they played Timon and there was one at owen field the one in the rain 2016 i think it was 2016 yeah in particular where um that would have been with dd westbrook right
0: dd westbrook samaji Pirine, the Neil game yes where he Could have broken out. He could have put it on another touchdown.
1: Oh, you was just slow to start, and they remember OSU was just taking no shots down the field. Yeah, and they were just looking back. It's still really hard to figure out why. Why would you not just go in there with a little more
0: like fire?
1: Yeah, explosiveness, passion in your play calling, pride. I don't know. But come
0: on, guys.
1: I don't know. Interesting tactic though. To have that fire in your press conference i mean that's just it's so strange to me it's funny it's funny i'll get that i don't think and i i really i don't know what he was doing but i don't i certainly don't think he meant to he's never been a coach to do that really like to call another offense a one-man show i think what the point he was trying to drive home was so much revolves around him and we just can't let him run up and down the field on us and you know, Hertz averages what, like, six point five yards per carry. Well, if you hold him to under five and you don't let him score like two out of three attempts at the five yard line or three out of four, he is kind of automatic from that range. I mean he's Hertz and goal.
0: You're the you're the guy. Trademark Norman transcript twenty nineteen.
1: And it's getting to the point where those situations is he's rarely getting stopped. And you know it's coming. You can't stop him.
0: Even when he doesn't even make it on fourth and one, they still give it to him.
1: <laughs> it's like being an Allen Fieldhouse or something. First down.
0: I do want to say, because I, we didn't mention on the post-game podcast, because I didn't even really notice it. We were on the field. So it's hard for us to kind of know in the moment. And we record our post-game podcast literally right after we get done writing. So I had not known of this (laughs) OUTCU controversy of the Jalen Hurts fourth and one conversion that maybe wasn't. Part of me, and this is unfair because you can make... A lot of, uh, you know, if you're a fan of any team, you probably have a lot of games in your back pocket as far as like, man, we got really, we got jobbed right there. And this is one of those games I think TCU fans probably are going to look back on and think like, man, that 2019 OU-TCU game should have had that one. I think to an extent, Oklahoma, if he doesn't get that, I'm not completely sold that TCU still goes and scores. They would have been 40, 50 yards out. And I'm not, I'm still not completely convinced that Max Duggan gets that done, but at the same time, you will probably, you know, want the chance, <laughs> the opportunity to go prove it um, in, in the grand scheme of things. It, it might have not mattered, but that was a big controversy and, you know, Jalen Hurts was asked about it on Monday and basically said, you know, we won and did not address it at all, which no. he doesn't need to, no. they won.
1: No, no, he, he's not one to really like elaborate on details like that about a game that's in the past either I mean even if it were something that had gone in their favor or was not controversial he just he's that's just not who he is so it is over it we're, we're past it but I, it's I you know the the offense with Hurts now is is what it is there's no change in it Lincoln basically said that Monday I for one have kind of settled into it a little bit you know yeah we people just need to if you like great offense or you know football at its core physical contact you know watching great athletes just enjoy watching Jalen Hurts try and do it now it's not going to be perfect all the time but it can be really effective and what they're doing as far as eating up time of possession it's kind of smart
0: I think so too and I, I mean I think that this game kind of as i mentioned that saturday could breeze by the game on saturday could really breeze by if either ou or osu really try to enforce the run game and i think oklahoma will especially i mean i think the rain the expectation of rain has kind of moved out great and that would have made i think but i think that would have made for an interesting ball game because then you're basically saying all right kennedy brooks and jalen hurts go in that's the football game And for Oklahoma State, I think it still all runs through Chuba and maybe that decision to load the box and try to key in on Chuba Hubbard and take your chances with Drew Brown, you know, taking the top off, just you do what you will, but you're going up against the best running back in college football.
1: It's pretty cool. I think that's a cool aspect of this game. I'm excited to watch him play.
0: It's I mean, it's it's going to be it's going to be fun to see the battle between whether OU's front can you know and maybe not so much OU's front but how Oklahoma's run defense can can really make Chuba a non-factor in this game if they can and if you do get gashed I mean I, I I've said this before on I think here but definitely on Twitter but there's no shame in getting gashed by Chuba Hubbard and it's kind of a bad spot for Oklahoma because the national narrative remains that Oklahoma's defense isn't good, and I think they've played really well the past two weeks, or at least the past week and then a half against Baylor.
1: Yeah, they're on a week, yeah, game and a half.
0: A game and a half, and they've got some momentum going for them. Getting torched by Chuba Hubbard, there is no shame in it. He, as I said, I think he's the best call. He, he's the best running back in college football. Um, he's he's up for the Doak Walker with um, Jonathan Taylor and I believe J.K. Dobbins so a good good group of guys before we move on uh to something else whatever else
1: wherever else we're going referring to or regarding hurts in the offense people may not like it but keep in mind that they can win three more games with that style i think so they're not a, if they're not a big play like quick strike team maybe not as much so as everybody thought through the first seven games i just keep in mind i think the style of football that they're playing if they're playing better defense there's it's it's late enough in the season now and their their playoff path is clearing up you can win three more games and get to a national championship playing that way it may not be as sexy as the way baker mayfield and kyler murray were doing it but The dynamic of this team is just a little bit different you've got you've got a defense now and and you've got jalen hurt so
0: which brings us kind of into our next uh, segment playoff rankings came out on tuesday and oklahoma moving up to number seven after beating tcu and in my opinion i thought it was a really good night for the big 12 I think there's some, and some topics we'll touch on, Baylor for one, moving up to number nine, Oklahoma State at number 21, uh, and Iowa State at number 23 is really good for the Sooners as far as the resume, especially compared to the teams that are in front of them, which Alabama and Utah remain in front, five for Alabama, six for Utah. What did you you think of the rankings?
1: I am fine with them. Um, I thought there was a chance that maybe the committee was going to go ahead and just have Oklahoma jump Utah this week. But not to, like, toot my own horn, but I don't know if it was last week or the week before, but I sort of felt like with OU's remaining schedule, there was a chance that as those games, uh, as they racked up some more teams, games against ranked teams, and if OSU and Iowa State could stay in the top 25 – And you know if baylor rose like i just i kind of felt like the committee was setting them up to make a jump late in the year which is i feel even more now with baylor's with baylor's jump to nine and they're playing kansas this week is that right that's right that's right that's right yeah so they're not gonna fall out of nine
0: unless something crazy happens if if i think knock on wood as as many doomsday scenarios and there are a few that's one that would be- <laughs> Kansas could screw
1: some stuff up for the for the league. Less- Everyone would hate them even more. <laughs> like now you decide to go beat somebody, <laughs> but uh, no, I think if that if everything kind of happens the way people are thinking, if Baylor is who if if they're the number nineteen, if they play like the number nine team in the country, uh, I think that's the way it's shaping up. And I mean, just you can't you can't do anything but have just like a freezing cold take when you talk about the playoff rankings, but. The way I would see all that shaping up if if OU gets its wishes and wins would be they win their next two games. They're 12-1. and They jump Utah because of the strength of schedule. By that point's better. And there's an eye test component that looks better. And let's say LSU beats Georgia in the SEC championship game. They're a two-loss team. I think it really comes down to do you think they would jump a one loss Alabama and I think there's a good chance because of the scheduling and because of the people that are on the field like when you look and you don't have two anymore at quarterback I think that's there's it's just feasible that they could jump it sounds kind of crazy somebody jumping a one loss Alabama team but I think that would happen
0: I kind yeah. of I kind of agree
1: yeah so I, that's kind of to me that's the path if there is one
0: I think oh and the, the one thing that really helps oklahoma out quite a bit is oregon dropping to 14 after losing to arizona state i i still think oregon's probably one of the 10 best teams in the country or has a case at least to be one i mean there's some really good teams in front of them i think that it's kind of a joke that they're behind florida that they're behind wisconsin and behind michigan but i think that Oregon beating Utah would solve a lot of problems for Oklahoma. I just don't think that they're going to put in a one-loss Alabama non-conference champion over Oklahoma if if what I just said happens. Oregon beats Utah in the back. That's to-back. also
1: true. Yeah, they didn't even win their division. So you. I don't think Which that's why got, you can put them in.
0: They've I, got in before without having to well, that's true. play but the SEC title it game. won't. I
1: just don't think it could be this year.
0: I don't think so either. I think maybe if – I mean, it, as crappy as this is to say, but like, if Tua is still healthy, then I think I might think differently. I would too, because I'm—I mean, I'm not like a crazy person with, you know, expectations that you know there's conspiracy theories going on about TV ratings and whatnot. I, but I think aren't that you a little bit?
1: <laughs> Didn't you just sit here last week and—or was that George?
0: I think jokingly last week I, I put out some conspiracy theories. I joke a little bit too much probably on this podcast, but we'd like to have a good time. I can't remember. I say a lot of stuff on this podcast. I don't know. I don't, I don't remember what I was talking about. But I do think that for TV ratings, Tua, if he was healthy, if you could have him go, going up against Ohio State in the, in the first round of the college football playoff, who wouldn't want that? That'd be fun. I would. I mean, I do think, and this is something that I wanted to bring up was, Ohio State jumps LSU after winning against Penn State. Now, it wasn't an Ohio State beatdown. I don't like this narrative that, like, Ohio State looks human. Someone gave them a game. Sure, they look a little bit more beatable, but at the same time, great teams find ways to win, and Penn State is not – they're not Rutgers. They're, They're not Maryland. They're a good football team, and I think it's so weird how this narrative is kind of started by like, I don't know about Ohio State, I'm looking a little bit more human. I still think that they, if you ask me today who's going to win the national title, I would say it's Ohio State. I think they've got the complete team. They've got one of the best quarterbacks in the country, but I think it is interesting from OU's perspective that Ohio State moves up into that number one spot because maybe a little bit of a hot take, I think Oklahoma, if there's a team they want in the semifinals, it's LSU. I know they just went out and beat Alabama, a really good Alabama team. But that LSU defense, that is something that I think Lincoln Riley could exploit all day long. And I've kind of also, and I think we mentioned this last week, have thrown the idea around that if OU is the one that if they get left out of the playoff, which you don't want to miss out on the party, but if Utah beats them out, if you, Utah wins out and get, they get the four spot, and Oklahoma goes to a Sugar Bowl and plays Georgia or Alabama, I think those are two. I think those are two opponents. Oh, you could beat, and I, I. I don't think it's maybe the worst thing in the world for Oklahoma to go impose their will uh, against a Georgia or Alabama, who wouldn't be too interested. I think in that game, but also Alabama's defense has so many flaws. Um, and Georgia, as good as they are defensively, I think Oklahoma's defense, that would be one of the – not that Georgia's offense is terrible, but that would be one of the worst offenses I think Oklahoma's seen all season. But, yeah. I mean, the, the matchups matter. And they matter, too, to LSU and Ohio State because if you're the two-seed, you have to go play Clemson. Mm-hmm. And I think Clemson is just kind of – there, and I don't know how much – profe-
1: Silently like the best team in the country.
0: i I think so and i was gonna (laughs) make no
1: one talks about them
0: i was gonna make a clay horning analogy because i know he loves professional wrestling but they kind of remind me of the money in the bank matchup or well if you win the money did you watch professional wrestling growing up wwe um a little bit you win the money in the bank you can cash in on it whenever you want and most of the time whoever the champion of whatever or whoever uh weight class or whatever it is but like if you it, it, it's usually after they wrestle someone else and then after they're just tired the the person with the money in the bank would just come swoop on in and they were like okay i'm cashing in my 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 title match as this person's clearly not capable of wrestling me and i'm gonna win easily and i think that's what clemson's kind of <laughs> i mean they've like they've got the perfect setup where they're just coasting on by and they're just they they're, they're going to get to a point in the season where Ohio State is going to have to go through this gauntlet of Michigan and Minnesota and LSU is going to have to go through I mean they have a decent opponent this weekend but by no means are you going up against Alabama to end the season but you do have to play Georgia in the SEC title game those are two teams that are going to be I think just like throughout the course of the season if there's a team that's going to end with the college football playoff with just you know ready to kind of like stretch and crack your knuckles and just get down to business it is clemson and i'm excited to see what they can do in the playoff but i think whoever gets that one that two seat is just you you have to go beat clemson and the other team like that's just a tall task i agree sorry for that long-winded rant
1: no that's that's really quality looking ahead that's a really quality look ahead there
0: as tyler knows i look way too far ahead in the future
1: yeah i've that i'm impressed by that (laughs) but it brought me back as you kept just talking i was like thinking like okay well there are still two games left and not that you were just like putting putting money in the bank for ou to go back to your reference that i that went way over my head if you get it i did not watch enough wrestling if you know know, you know what that is (laughs) but uh i mean i knew like jake the snake I do love you know, the, the Undertaker. <laughs> I was always into... I liked Jake the Snake because I just loved seeing that live snake. He wasn't even one of the most popular wrestlers. But he had a snake. But he had a snake. A python. I was want- into animals. And I still am. I was probably not watching that because I was too busy like watching a nature show.
0: This is the nerdiest thing I think you've ever said on the show. Were you a big... Uh, like,
1: you literally just said you watched wrestling.
0: When I was 12.
1: And you knew a lot about it.
0: I knew this one facet of the A cycle. very
1: deeply seated facet of it. <laughs> I think You that- can't say that and then pull the the N-word, nerd. you Agree right. to disagree. Okay. Moving on.
0: Moving uh, on. Um, um Whoa. Go ahead. Well, I was going to ask you a question. Baylor moves up, moving up to number nine. I didn't want to move past this, but they they move up five spots after beating Texas, which the
1: committee was like, "Oh my God, I overslept." Oh, we gotta we gotta rank Baylor. Oh my God, was this we should have th- done this three weeks ago. <laughs> was this an overcorrection? I don't know. I, I mean, you couldn't get it. Uh. Once again, Gary a very feature uh, centerpiece of this podcast, very heavily featured part of this podcast. He asked, yeah, he should wish he was here. Uh, He asked Rob Mullins about it. Like why, basically why all of a sudden now all the love for Baylor and just the worst answer ever back, basically saying that the wins against Oklahoma state and Iowa state are better because those teams have kept winning, which is not, I mean, that's, kind of that's true but how much that's all of a sudden just enough this week I know a few teams moved out of Baylor's way but was that just enough this week to just vaunt Baylor in
0: yeah it doesn't make any and sense Iowa State
1: like almost lost to Kansas
0: at home if you watch that game Iowa State wasn't playing their best football
1: yeah so I just um, I don't know why they all of a sudden just decided to put them there
0: it's good for Oklahoma's case I, I can say that much I don't know why they chose this week to be the week.
1: They say it's a blank slate every week. They love to say that too. It's a blank uh, check or blank sheet of paper. I think is what he loves to say. So this isn't like they've been thinking about. I mean, that makes it even more odd that all of a sudden they would just leap. And I, I could see if you leapt that leapt leaped that much, and uh, after you won a big game. But this makes me sort of think twice about the clean sheet of paper theory that they say, because what got so much better about the OSU and o- Iowa State losses in one week and I'm I,
0: I mean Oklahoma State which I didn't even realize they're 8-3 and three. that's pretty decent for what I thought they were going to be coming into the season
1: and how do they have a better record than Iowa State
0: Oklahoma State did they uh, they beat Iowa State didn't they
1: I guess that's the difference right there but uh, just like Iowa State hasn't dealt with help me if I, I could be completely ignorant here but haven't dealt with like the injury bug, have they? And They certainly haven't lost Brock Purdy. No, I just don't I just know. Think,
0: I just, I think Matt Campbell, as good as a coach, I think he is. I think they do have a limit. They have a cap on what they can do. As far I mean, as they don't have
1: Chuba Hubbard, I mean th- no. that's a different. It's kind of like having a silver bullet in your chamber. You know, you can just guy can just go rip off big runs and becomes a, such a threat that it does open your. You don't have to be a a wonderful passing team. If you have that kind of a threat, you can suck people in and probably open a few things up, uh, other things up.
0: I mean, which is why I don't think that Drew Brown necessarily needs to be a superhero on Saturday. Although backup quarterbacks in Bedlam have done pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, but Drew Brown, uh, this is a big test for him, a big opportunity for him. A guy that transferred to Oklahoma State a year ago did not win the job was beat out by taylor cornelius and sat the entire season has sat this season after losing the job to spencer sanders spencer sanders out for the regular season could be back for the bowl game but this is definitely you know this is drew brown's one shining moment and i'm I'm interested to see what happens uh last thing before we get off the playoff committee committee uh playoff committee sorry that's okay it Felt like, hey, <laughs> it happens. Embarrassing. It's a safe space. Embarrassing. Uh, the playoff committee, um, Tyler. What do you think is the biggest threat for Oklahoma's playoff chances?
1: Uh, I would just say Oklahoma and Oklahoma State and Baylor. I mean, I, I only say that because, like, I just think if they win out, they're in good position to jump over everybody. I guess. I, I guess Utah could beat Oregon. If Utah beats Oregon, there's a little more of a conversation about between the one-loss teams. But I just, if you had to guess right now, who wins that? It just seems like Oklahoma gets the benefit of the doubt. With yeah, I guess I I don't know what what exactly is the question like. Outside factors or what outside factors are going to affect them
0: the most? I think that I mean if you if you thought if if you thought that you know Oklahoma State or Baylor this you know next week. Is the biggest threat to OU? Then I could I could hear your argument. I, My answer is a little bit different. I, I guess
1: I kind of touched on everything I think could threaten them. I mean, Baylor needs to win this week, or else that's going to hurt them. It's just going to bring up questions of like how good the win the two wins over Baylor would be if you beat Baylor again. Um, I just don't know that Alabama is a big threat because I'm kind of with you. I just think I really fairly confidently think if they win out and as long as Kansas doesn't upset Baylor I kind of think they slip in
0: I agree if everything crazy. and kind of when I was going on my long winded rant about positioning which is very much looking probably way too far ahead
1: No no we're not that far away from it but it's next you realize it's like almost a week away
0: I know it's it's all coming very fast I think and obviously, it's kind of easy to craft these questions when you have an answer in mind. So
1: so you're just going to make me look like a damn fool, is what you're saying. You've got some Mr. Sleeve. Wizard answer you're about to give me.
0: I think Doomsday for Oklahoma, and it's something we've talked about on the show before, but I think Doomsday for Oklahoma is Georgia beating LSU.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, that's another one. I think
0: because you well, need
1: them to lose. That's the kind of the, I think a lot of people are assuming that's going to happen.
0: I think Well, and that's why I bring up, Mm -hmm. my rant from earlier because i'm just assuming ohio state lsu and clemson are going to win out
1: yes i think a lot of i am too i've and i haven't considered that
0: but i think of the scenarios the most plausible to me other than probably oregon beating utah which i could very much see happening i think is georgia beating lsu Mm -hmm. i think that georgia defense if they can kind of do take that game like they did and you know Rolls Bowl warning. If they can do what they did against Oklahoma in 2017, I mean, this is a Georgia team that knows how to kind of be a chameleon in terms of okay, we're in a shootout, let's get in a shootout. Mm-hmm. And I think that they can do it. I think Jake Fromm has that experience. Georgia has the defense to make at least one one or, or uh, you know one or more stops than I think LSU can. Um, I don't even think that's a question, but
1: also a tall task to base i mean i should say i need to clarify that OU's in if it wins two and baylor doesn't lose and georgia loses because i my argument is not right if they don't if georgia doesn't lose yeah they've got to lose for you to get in but um i kind of lost my train of thought there what i was thinking
0: i was gonna say the, the other thing and this is I think i tried to put this into 538 and it was like this is way too crazy this would never happen um but it was like i was like what would happen if georgia won out and minnesota won out like uh and like then you have one loss minnesota big 10 champion and ohio state is a one loss alabama is a one loss lsu is a one loss uh george uh george is a one loss ohio state is a one loss um just the ultimate chaos scenario that i kind of salivate thinking about it would be incredible and i think even though i have to work that day i'm on desk that sunday i i think i would just tailgate outside of the hotel room of the the playoff committee um where they do the rankings and stuff and i would I would pull up a seat, get my cooler, and I would just, I would party all day long for them, just knowing I'm that close to the chaos. I wouldn't
1: actually, We need you here.
0: I'll get it done. I would say. I'll
1: do it remotely. That would be amazing. If you're Georgie, also, it's a tall task. You got to go beat, like, the number one team in the country. I mean, 1A or 1B, whatever you want to call it. I mean, it's up for debate. Whoever you want to thinks number one. They're, they've looked good enough to be called that, I think. Yeah. So... Um, I don't know. Going to be an awesome final week of football, or two, or whatever. Two, two weekends. weekends. Yeah. It's
0: it's it's crazy, man. It's two weeks. We're down left. to
1: almost one calendar week, but you know we'll have two big weekends of of games. So
0: is it? The, is, I was going to say, is there a game this weekend that you're really looking forward to outside of Bedlam?
1: I mean, Auburn, Alabama is of interest. Um, what else is on slate? Big Twelve is really the game. Interesting. The
0: big game, Michigan-Ohio State. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. That one matters. That one matters. Um, God, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I mean, that's a big one. Um, big 12-wise, there's really nothing. I wonder if Texas can hold on and, and salvage any any pride.
0: I don't know if you saw my picks, my game day picks. No. I'm calling for the Red Raiders to win.
1: Oh, are you? I'm, pi-
0: I'm picking –
1: you're calling for absolute bottom out.
0: I do not buy in the slightest that this Texas team is still fighting. First off, they've got their bowl game walked up. But I think they go into this game just so unfocused, just so lethargic. And I think Texas Tech is the type of team that no matter how good or bad Texas is, they want to beat the Longhorns. And I think Matt Wells is the type of coach that can tap into that. And I think that the Red Raiders can go out and win a football game.
1: And you have picked them 45-38. Is that correct? Yes. Looking that at sounds your picks, right. Looking at your picks right
0: now. I get a little wild. You've got Alabama. You've got Ohio State. That's, that's good to know. I do think that Alabama beats Auburn. Uh, what even did, though what I, think did a lot I pick?
1: Of, I think I picked Auburn. Oh, I did by a point.
0: I think a lot of I people. picked Texas by a point. I think a lot of people think that Auburn's going to win on Saturday and I don't see it.
1: I've basically picked for like the most amazing college football (laughs) weekend ever. All these, look at all these great results. Everything's
0: close. You pick what you want. Yeah. But this, uh, I mean, it's going to be a good weekend. I'm excited to watch Ohio state, Michigan, uh, especially to see what chase young can do against Michigan and chase young. I really feel good about his uh, Heisman chances uh, after getting um, up for the Maxwell I uh, believe it's him, Burrow, and Hertz, mm-hmm. which is a good sign that I think Hertz gets invited to New York. Uh, but a guy, as we have kind of already talked about a lot on this podcast, Chuba Hubbard. I'm curious, do you think he's also worthy of an invitation to PlayStation Theater?
1: Yeah, I think he should get invited. I think the leading rusher, unless it's – I think the, a leading rusher in the nation in Division One. As long as you're on in a Power Five conference, I guess not. If they're leading the nation rushing, and rushing is like down, and the the guy's got like 900 yards, like I'd be okay. But I mean, the leading rusher, the best running back in the country. It's sad that that guy doesn't get to go. But also, it's a little sad that we want somebody to go just to be just to go that we know won't win. But it's a cool trip the award has become so quarterback heavy. It's become so best quarterback or best player, best team. And it's gone away from best player in the country. Like I feel like invite the best running back in the country.
0: I'm with you, man. I mean, Running backs are
1: awesome. I think he's earned it though. I mean, they also think he's earned it. Yes. But I'm just saying like
0: make spice up the award when, when Oklahoma state lost its third game of the year, which they've lost to Texas tech, Texas and Baylor uh i thought okay oklahoma state they're gonna they're gonna probably lose five games this year i was like that i don't i don't think you can really justify it but chuba what he's been able to do a thousand eight hundred thirty two yards and we're not trying to fawn over chuba or anything like that i just think he deserves to go if you asked me who i would put new to new york um i i would have chase young joe burrow chuba and this might be a little controversial this is this was also like i replied to my own tweet about what's your most controversial opinion about ou football which we will talk about a little bit later but i almost wanted to say that if anyone goes to new york new york this year it should be cd lamb for ou um and i think that cd lamb is the best player on that offense
1: he would have insane numbers in a different system that like that just relied on him you know what i mean yeah like if he played at oklahoma state right now that's the kind amount of the, that they would put the ball in his hand
0: that's kind of the beauty though of the season he's having is that oklahoma's kind of turned away from their past game and he's still almost a thousand yards he's i think he's one yard short of a thousand yards receiving which is pretty remarkable well he's missed a game and when you know coming that back makes last, it even more incredible. i know
1: <laughs> but and then last game they i think they only got him two catches yeah well that's the problem if you go too far away from that you've still got to somehow give the ball to cd lamb
0: yeah and i think that i don't cd lamb a Bolitnikov finalist i don't think he's going to win uh the award um but i because it'd be because of m- missing the the other two candidates who uh it's michael pittman and the the What's ellis name chase yeah jamar yeah um sorry that his name completely escaped me sorry to our 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 large lsu contingent that listens um but i think i don't think he wins the award but i do think if anyone's going to go to new york it should be should be cd but i think i honestly i think it probably ends up being burrow hurts um and i honestly could see kind of an ou 2016 situation with ohio state where justin fields and chase young both go to new york Mm -hmm. um i think that kind of hurts Chase Young's Heisman candidacy because I do think that Justin Fields maybe takes away some votes from him, um, would be a really, a really pro move on Justin field's part who has, you know, another year to play college football for him to be like, Hey, vote for my guy, Chase. Like this is his award would be a, would be a good locker room morale booster. It would. But I think that, a. I think the Heisman conversation is an interesting one, Um, and if Chuba makes it, I think he'd be very deserving. Uh, But it's just such a weird situation where we're in with this Oklahoma State offense that is just doesn't pass the ball as much, and they're they're honestly a lot like Oklahoma in terms of the style they've gone. It's different because it's Mike Gundy, and you come kind of come to expect that. They're also trying to air it out, but they've completely flipped their identity. I think Jim Knowles, who's their defensive coordinator, is been a guy that Oklahoma State fans have been kind of weary of coming off of last season and at the start of this season. Weren't necessarily sure if he was the guy, and he's really turned it around. They force a lot of turnovers. They're top 50 nationally, and that Oklahoma is... bottom Bottom five bottom five (laughs) which is crazy um and to talk a little bit more about the oklahoma defense they've improved so drastically and the narrative is still out there as we saw from jim mora that oklahoma's defense is apparently a disaster after holding tcu to essentially 17 points on offense and a jalen six pick six but they've improved statistically so much, uh, but they still, the one thing that Alex Grinch has emphasized as far as turnovers, and maybe the number one thing has been speed, but he's emphasized turnover so much. Interesting to
1: me he's not emphasizing slowness.
0: He he should. I think you want slow, methodical football games. Slow, hey, hear me out on this one. Slow D. Slow D.
1: You go so slow, the other team... Is they don't know what to think. Throws them off. Throws them off. Every pass falls incomplete. If you're going slower, you can make smarter reads, make better decisions. Hey, you ever heard of a slow the game down? Slow it down. Play your pace. Game looks a lot slower when you're moving slow, as hell.
0: I think it's smart. I think it's really smart. Um hire me. <laughs> um do you think though that uh you you think though that like as far as just to kinda put a bow on this oklahoma offense i mean is there anything that i think that joe burrow and i wanted to kind of wrap up the heisman conversation on, on this note but um i think joe burrow has it wrapped up i would love to see chase young win it um i would love a situation where we've seen all these d- really good defensive guys like adamic and sue menta um i think jabro peppers is technically he was a two player at michigan he was up for he was in new Thinking york Jew,
1: wait a minute yes I'm thinking of somebody else. Sorry.
0: Um, yeah. But for chasing to win, it would be really cool. Is there anything Jalen hurts could do over the next two weeks to win the Heisman trophy is, is kind of my question. I
1: don't know. I mean, the, with two games left, I guess you just never know what could happen. Yeah. I would say yes. I think two games is enough. I mean, if, if somebody were to implode, and he were to put up like big rushing, big passing numbers. It's kind of like with Kyler Murray last year. It went all, it went literally down to the last weekend. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. I don't think the week before I thought it was going to happen. And I don't think until after the Big 12 championship, while we were sitting in Dow in Arlington in the press box, finishing up work, watching what was unfolding with Alabama, Georgia, did anybody think, hey, he might win now, and his odds just – it just seemed like Kyler Murray went from probably not to a, literally a lock the next week. I had zero bit of apprehension that following Monday that he was going to win, even though he wasn't maybe a landslide favorite, but the odds were in his favor, and I, it was just it – it all of a sudden became clear he was going to win.
0: I think that Jalen Hurts could have a similar way if Oklahoma goes out and does – has a big moment against Oklahoma State.
1: You got to get help, though. I mean, Tua helped him last year just by
0: like if Burrow and Plo- the him hurt. I mean, my my doomsday scenario where Burrow or where LSU and Ohio State both lose. Yeah, um, you're right. I think and if, that, if it's
1: all on them, if it's a big and if it, the responsibility on those quarterbacks, then it could happen. I think.
0: And I would imagine – and the one thing I think we're also kind of looking over as far as – I, you know, I talk about Minnesota maybe upsetting Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game. I don't think it's necessarily impossible for Michigan to pull off an upset this weekend. I think Michigan's kind of found a groove. They got, they've gotten better. I think that it's kind of maybe setting us up all for disappointment for Jim Harbaugh because that's a guy that just hasn't really found his uh, rhythm in, in – um, I forgot the town, Ann Arbor. <laughs> I was just like, almost at East Lansing. I was like, oh, that's that's not a good look for your boy. No. But um, but uh, he hasn't necessarily found his rhythm in Ann Arbor, and this would be a signature victory for for Harbaugh. And I, I don't necessarily think that just after after last weekend, I don't necessarily think Ohio State can just go out there and roll over the Wolverines. But uh, it'll be a really interesting game. But uh,
1: there's a phrase I was looking for earlier, and. Uh, It was driving me crazy, and I still can't think of it. Maybe you can help me as I think about this, but guys like Harbaugh and Gundy that haven't won against the Ohio States and the OUs of the world lately, it kind of makes you wonder if it's going to happen. Because don't technically – if these games are all pretty close, don't the odds kind of start to tip the other way that it's eventually going to happen? Kind of like – Law of averages. Law of averages. Yes. Yes. I could not think of that earlier. I was going to write it, and I was just – I couldn't I don't even remember what I wrote now. The Law of Freaking Averages, and it seems like – is that a dumb take? I've no. always – it's kind of like in baseball. Like if a guy – unless you're what's-his-name for the Orioles who just, like, had that legendary hitless streak going last season. But, like, eventually you kind of wonder, are the Law of Averages going to help a Jim Harbaugh or a Mike Gundy? And I think I made that – of all things, in the comparisons, <laughs> we have this thing called intangibles where you just pick like an X factor for the game and it can literally almost be whatever you want it to be. I think that's what I used. And I gave OSU an edge just because of the law of averages.
0: I would say that it's a smart take in terms of when you look back at Bedlam, there have been years where it is very clear, oh, you should have won or a year where OSU should have clearly won. And I know OU wins most of them, but... I do think that OSU has snuck up on Oklahoma when they weren't supposed to win. And I think as far as law of averages, and uh, I think it more is just like when Oklahoma on Monday night playing a men's basketball game against Stanford uh, got down 17-0, started off the game 0 for 8. Stanford was just shooting in, like, an, at an incredible pace. But as we know in basketball and as we know in most things in life, ten things tend to regress to the mean and they eventually even out. And I think that if you look back at some of the past few years, like 2014 bedlam when the the, the punt game Tyreek Hill, I think that was honestly somewhat of a, a like a karma or I don't know what it is, but kind of a makeup for Oklahoma State not winning the year before cuz I think Oklahoma State might have been the better team in 2013. The the game where Blake Bell hits Jalen Saunders on a fade route at the last minute and Saunders also
1: had a big punt return in that game he did
0: he did uh, that was a that was a game that I thought OSU was probably better than Oklahoma and then the next year they go out and beat an Oklahoma team they weren't better than so just everything kind of evens out um, I mean I don't I'm not saying that's going to happen I'm just saying you I think w- you have to that. wonder
1: you get, you just have to wonder sometimes if, if there they, there have been some close ones and you Michigan's they're a- bound to win one, but honestly, you look at the series history, and it's like, well, the law of averages has not been kind to of Oklahoma State <laughs> no. in this series, so it doesn't really – maybe they're uh, in law of average jail. I don't know. That wasn't a very good joke. It's fine. Um. Anyways, that's kind of – I think it could be a fun game. I hope it is, and I hope it's quick. For those of us on deadline, let's uh, have a quick game and move on with
0: our lives. Get out to the palm trees. I actually I- would love to do that. But I've got to drive home. <laughs> That's true. We do. We do. And we, we. It's. Could a, I Uber home? It would be a costly one, but I think if Barry Trammell and Joe Massado can take an Uber from Dallas to Norman, then you can do it from Stillwater to Norman.
1: Could I fork out for one of those cheap hotels on Highway 51 and just <sighs> bite the bullet?
0: I, I check pretty. Uh, like, I just thought for the heck of it, I would see if like because I know we're going to be getting out of Boone Pickens pretty late. I was like, if, if there's a hotel that just like randomly has like a $50 like well, they, there room, is. like I I was like, I
1: might. But America's Best Inn, where I've stayed on Highway 51, is kind of scary.
0: I would imagine so.
1: Like I woke up before the sun came up. There's a strange crowd still out there. It, a lot of bad things go down in cheap hotels. And it's very true. But you could always. You could cozy up in one of the vacant rooms at El Vaquero. Could do that. It's closed. Can't do that. Illegal? Well, they closed it
0: down. Okay. No. They raided I mean, the
1: place. There was some shady We don't know.
0: I don't I haven't been to Stillwater. Not like, a
1: human trafficking situation, but
0: some situation. I, don't know. I haven't I haven't like done Stillwater nightlife since like 2016.
1: Oh, it's been way longer than that for me.
0: But I remember going to uh, Murphy's um, and had a few beverages. It was a good time. That's the place to be. That's the place to be. I think we might have started the night off at College Bar, which I think from what I've heard from Stillwater folk, isn't the best. It's flipped over a lot. But Murphy's w- was a good time. Mm-hmm. Although it was weird. And maybe I just don't go out enough in Norman. I don't have. I don't really go out much in Norman. Um, at like a campus corner at least. But like, I thought it was weird that there was a line. I was just like, this feels
1: to get into Murphy's.
0: Yeah. I was just like, this is a small town. I feel like there should be no line. Yeah. I don't know what
1: the, it's no, it's well before Logie's expanded. I feel like the size of Murphy's and Logie's is pretty similar,
0: but yeah, they're very similar.
1: But Logie's has a line. Sometimes I've seen a line of Logie's. I have two. I have two. Um, I think those are, I think those are sister bars. Whether they I, like it or not,
0: I, I was going to say it's the
1: place where everybody ends up after the night, it's the last place you go before closing time.
0: If you don't know what we're talking about, if you're a Norman person and maybe doesn't know what Murphy's is, just think Logie's and you it's very much, it.
1: it's very much the Stillwater version of Logie's.
0: There's also, I love how both campuses have a fuzzies, um, on their strip. I didn't even know that there was a fuzzies on at a, at I know Stillwater that now. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, not a what a, the, the fishbowl thing. Um, but they've got a di- another drink I think it's called like a shark bite or something like that. It's pretty good in my opinion. Also, you can't really go wrong with chips and queso. Um, I know that you're kind of a watery queso guy. Um,
1: <laughs> I That got taken out of context a long time ago. but you know what? I'm not going to discriminate against a watery queso. Here's, I'll tell you what I don't want too thick of a queso. It's a take.
0: I'm How actually, thick is too thick? Um, the the have you ever had queso fundido? No. Uh, if you if you go to Tara Hamaras, which a big I'm a, I'm a big Tara's stand. But if you get the queso fundido, you can get it with chorizo. Really good.
1: Did you Just use the phrase "stand" as in like a fan of something. Yeah. Oh,
0: no cap. Uh. No cap. Tara's queso fendido with chorizo is really good, but it's like a molten cheese, um, a molten queso um, that has basically chorizo in it. That
1: sounds amazing.
0: But it's as thick as you can get with queso because um, it's molten. Mm-hmm. But really good if you go there. I highly suggest it. I'll try that. Um, I'm, I'm the lover of all things fine queso. So it's uh, a, and, and Tara's is just perfect. And I love everyone that works there. The, the, the best part about Tara's other than it takes two minutes to get your food is the Eduardo Nahara Dallas Mavericks Jersey in their lobby. It's just the perfect touch. Um, as a Mexican American myself, he is my hero. And that's not just like a, OU thing. That's just like, he is a Mexican born NBA player or was a mexican-born nba player I wonder what he's doing now he is i think in the dallas mavericks front office oh cool um i know he was doing at least stuff with like their g-league team as like a big front office guy so he is sounds like a future joe bettner project if i could do a podcast series on eduardo nahara's life i would do it for free i would pay my own way to travel to every part of the earth I needed to go to do this podcast series. So that'd be cool. That would be fun. Um, let's get to our kind of, kind of closing segment. The, w- what I, re- what I really came here, why, why I called you into the conference room to podcast. This is the only reason was there's a Twitter trend going around and I very much cashed on it uh, for my own selfish engagement sake um, and asked OU fans to give me their most controversial opinion about OU football. And you guys did not disappoint. I will not read off all of them, but I will read off a few that I found to be really funny and just want to kind of react to. Um, And hopefully Tyler has some input as well. The These
1: first, are some, there are some
0: good ones the, the the first one and i think this is very controversial depending on what ou fan you ask comes from riley richter uh this has been a super successful season considering for the super successful season for ou considering they have lost heisman winners two years in a row and lost four offensive linemen to the nfl in the offseason I, I part of me is like man you know what if you look at this season in the context of a quote unquote rebuilding year, as far as Jalen Hurts being a stopgap for Spencer Rattler, going ten and one, they're they're eleven and one at this point, aren't they? Uh or no, they they'll only be ten and one. They're ten and one. They're going for eleven and one this weekend, and they can be twelve and one to finish the year. But I I think if you look at in terms of it just being a rebuilding year, and maybe your expectations were national title at the beginning, and I think that's kind of OU's kind of goal each season. But I didn't really think Jalen Hurts was actually going to lead them to a natty, but kind of looked like that for. It's kind of the, you know, what this kind of the season reminds me of. It reminds me a little bit of Trey Young's one year in Norman. They started off super hot. They looked like a legitimate national title contender. Everyone was super on board. And then they just kinda, I mean, now the difference is Oklahoma has kept winning, but they've just completely fallen off as far as that offensive production that Trey Young got everyone accustomed to, and it just kinda tapered off. And that team just, they still made the tournament. They got knocked out in the first round, but Oklahoma football is just that offensive production has tapered off. But they, once again, I think it's a very clear, uh, very good to note. The the competition level has increased, but
1: and time will kind of tell how how good the defenses are that they have faced. Yeah, Lincoln trying to kind of tried to make the case that that it's a good defensive league right now. And I'm not. I mean, you can look at the numbers. I'm sure compared to last year, I'd, I'd like to look and maybe compare all of them and see what uh, how much. How much better all the defenses are but it does seem like that's improved in the big 12. now maybe you're not having so to win too. as many uh shootouts but i mean they average 8.4 points per uh yards per play it's pretty good 8.4 <laughs> points per play would be really good
0: <laughs> it's really great um <laughs> uh i think this riley richter that's Can his, we say the person's name the, or the his handle? Name. His name on Twitter is Ben Parker, but his handle is okay. Riley Richter. Well, I, this is like one of the most reasonable takes
1: ever. And I'm I'm all for these type of takes because it brings us away from the extremist view of, well, we just got to plug uh, Jalen Hurts in and, you know, we'll just whip these four linemen into shape and then just go right on into the national championship game. Like that is just what, or what planet are you living on? Like this, this is another thing Riley said Monday. Like this is hard. Like he wasn't bitching, but Do you like think
0: this is Lincoln Riley's burner. account? Yeah. <laughs> Riley Richter. <laughs> I just had a revelation. Oh, Oh,
1: it didn't know because he didn't end the sentence in a small hyphen. <laughs> um, but oh, that was too good, Joe. Um, I I just think what Hurts has had to do is hard. There's a short time to have to turn all that around. You know, and the new offensive line's not helped. Uh, not that they haven't been good. I'm just saying that's it. that, it, that th- kind of thing takes time. Having to, re- to replace the guys he had to replace, living in that shadow—that's hard. It's, it's difficult. Ten and one, and really, you're just kind of right here. And what they need to have happen to get to the playoff is not that unfeasible. Infeasible. Um, and the you know they in the loss of Kansas State, I don't know. I mean, just, I just think people are a little bit blown away because they've seen how bad OU can be if they don't play well, and yeah. it is pretty bad. But I like this. I am on board with this. It's a good take. Yeah.
0: Um, this one comes from at Jester underscore OU. The greatest sin Bob Stoops committed was to play an injured Jason White over a healthy Paul Thompson against LSU. Um, Pretty I, good too. I I don't know if I agree with it necessarily. Oh, You only lost that game by a touchdown. <laughs> um well, true. I don't know if Paul Thompson makes it any closer than they already had it. Um, but, I mean, maybe. I, I think that, I mean, I think you could you know, say there's some different things that Bob Stoops maybe didn't handle too well, but uh, I think overall in the grand scheme of that game could have been a big turning point, not a big turning point, but if you win two national titles over that, I guess it would be a um, four year stretch. Yeah. Um, I mean, Bob Stoops, I mean, he's already a legend in Norman, but, and he, he, the longevity of his career and what he accomplished as far as getting big 12 titles, mm-hmm. producing Heisman winners solidified his place as a legend at OU, but that definitely would have maybe rewrote some history. It rewrites some history a little bit. And who knows what happens with Saban? If he doesn't win that title with LSU, there's a lot of big what ifs, right? Um, this one comes from at jweezy underscore 98. Uh, Rodney Anderson would have been better than Adrian Peterson if he were healthy. I think that's ridiculous. I think there maybe is something to what Rodney Anderson and Lincoln Riley's offense. I think you could make the case that if Rodney Anderson were healthy, he might have been the best player to come through Lincoln Riley's offense because I think he was built for it. He was, because Lincoln Riley's not an air raid guy he is definitely is about, I, I think he's as balanced as you can get coming from that. Mike Le- Mike leach tree. But I think Rodney Anderson does a lot of really good things, both with running the ball and catching the ball. And he is just like, kind of, I think if Lincoln Riley could make a player in her lab, it would be Rodney Anderson. But Adrian Peterson was a freak, just a freak athlete.
1: Yeah, that's a, I tend to agree with you, but this is not <clears throat> that far off.
0: I mean, they're both – I mean, I I, I should I, say Rodney Anderson is also – like I was
1: going to say, I think he's a – he, like, he's he a is also a freak. <laughs> they're all freaks. But Adrian Peterson was like a different guy. I mean, I, I don't agree with it, but it's a, it's a really interesting thing to say. And you could maybe argue that, like, going back to what you were saying, maybe Rodney Anderson would have put up more – like maybe Rod, a healthy Rodney Anderson puts up better numbers than Adrian Peterson in college in a Lincoln Riley offense. I don't think that's what we're talking about because I think that could happen. Like yards from he could put up more yards from scrimmage if yeah. healthy in three seasons.
0: To add on to that, I think Kyler Murray doesn't win the Heisman Trophy if Rodney Anderson stays healthy.
1: Another big what if? Yeah, crazy.
0: Um, this one comes from at the Pitmaster john blake needed more time that's just funny that i don't really have any thoughts about that because i i just i don't think it's serious in hindsight bob stoops was clearly the guy mm-hmm. um but john blake was a really good recruiter um he got i mean the people in the camp that like those were john blake's players that won owe you the national title it's not <laughs> real right or I mean, you think this is a joke or we think this guy's oh, serious i think it's kind of a joke yeah okay but maybe i don't know the pit that's ma- pretty funny he's i mean the, he's the master of the pit and that might be his take. I don't know. If that's his take, then i I mean, I applaud
1: it either way. It's either hilarious because he meant it to be, or it's just like, man, that is such a fire take. if you <laughs> if that's your if that's where you take it. I just I would love it either way. It, it's master. Wh-
0: it's one of those situations where I think that, and I don't know if you've ever been in this, but like you say something where you're very serious and someone thinks you're joking and you like, like, Oh, and like you kind of realize after saying like that was really stupid. I'm just going to play it off as a joke. (laughs) Like, yeah, yeah, it was a joke. (laughs) It was a joke. Definitely. I got you guys. Um, last one comes from T Palma 83 crazy train. Sounds like a loser. Shouldn't be affiliated with athletic tradition anywhere ever. We actually brought in t Material 83 and he's here to defend his take. Do I just start? Whenever you're ready, T. Okay, well,
1: I don't think Crazy Train is a very imaginative song. I think the intro is ridiculous. Nothing about it excites me or, quote, unquote, pumps me up about the start of it. You know, you got Ozzy Osbourne doing the... Osbourne! That, <laughs> <laughs> that is so stupid. And then the guitar riff, riff which is just Da-da. cheesy. Da-da.
0: Da-da. Ah, ah,
1: ah. And then the I, 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 I just... <laughs> let me continue. Because when I put this take into the universe, that I had that stupid song in my head all day. You know, you wanna know what's only thing worse than that crappy intro? That goofy, cheesy verse. Think yeah. of the verse.
0: Crazy. D- 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 That's how it goes. What is this? What?
1: It's the dumbest. It's not just dumb. It's a poorly constructed song. Musically, it wasn't made to last. Yet somehow because of Satan it has
0: <laughs> I, I say this very genuinely Tyler is a musician and he is allowed to, to, to make this opinion
1: um, I just am not it's not a great song like I'm not I'm not against Ozzy Osbourne or uh, Black Sabbath but that song, song sucks <laughs> no so I mean I'm, I'm trying to think of the one that I like iron man
0: yeah iron man's good that's a i mean iron man's definitely like if you come from my generation uh which is you know i was uh wasn't alive when iron man came out um at least i don't think i was maybe not when did, when iron did Man come out? out i don't know um iron man's definitely a, a song uh that was on guitar hero i don't know if you remember oh the- yeah I don't know if you remember the great game that was guitar hero i remember oh no no not you i'm just saying like to, to all the oh yeah the, to the listeners i don't know if you remember guitar hero but there was a point in time where uh we would all gather in a living room in front of a very poor resolution television set and try to match up keys with a plastic fake guitar and iron man was definitely a good talking point like a lot of those songs were like classic rock and it was like a really good way for a young kid to like It was a good talking point with an adult to, like, gain some respect. Like, oh, yeah, I know about Boston. (laughs) Oh, they (laughs) got. Just like. the kinks on here? Yeah. I know this song. Yeah, I've I've been on this wave. Oh, wow. This song? I haven't heard this in years. Oh, man. Give me that button. I I can play it for you if you want. One of the the better South Park episodes is, is about Guitar Hero. If you know, you know. I'm not going to go into detail about
1: I'd, it. I mean, I like South Park, but I don't, I don't think I've seen that.
0: Alyssa made a suggestion and I know you won't know what the song is. Although we will be impressed if you do. Okay. She said time to dump crazy train time to put in gravy train by young gravy. I do not know that. It's a good song.
1: I mean, I it, honestly be down for anything. I don't know why it just how, I mean, how long do you think they've been using crazy train?
0: I've been, in let's see, if you don't know this about me, um, my, my grandmother used to take me to OU home football games. And okay. I'm pretty sure since 2004, when she started taking me to them, they've been playing crazy train. <laughs> I think this has been going on for like 14 years at least. That's when I started going.
1: The thing might is, be hard to change if they're just.
0: The, the, I was going to say. In, but sorry, I would
1: also argue that in this day and age where fans don't, aren't staying at games anyways. Like if you're really willing to try anything dump crazy train, I
0: I think there's a larger problem at hand and something I didn't know was really a problem until I heard other people talking about it was if you went to a thunder game or a OKC Hornets game back in the day, a decade ago, like early thunder. And then like when the Hornets were here and you know what the rotation is, Mm -hmm of music has not changed a bit if you go to a thunder game now it's all the same songs really? the everybody clap your hands um Ugh.
1: that stuff that song's worse than crazy crazy train
0: that stuff has not gone away and i heard it on the ringers uh, the hottest take podcast about how nba in arena music needs to go away and i'm fully on board or not it go away it needs to be revamped We'll just change your songs. But I just can't believe this is a nationwide problem.
1: It's nationwide that people keep the the NBA?
0: Apparently, it happens at Staples because, I mean, this is a group of people at the Ringer, I'd assume, go to a lot of Laker and Clipper games. But it apparently is a – it's plaguing the entire NBA where in arena music is just we found – this line in history where we like these songs. And after that year, we're not putting in any new songs, no new songs after that.
1: They must be afraid to upset fans and, and like disrupt ticket revenue or something that somehow that's going to happen. Like, yeah, they're like, okay, well, they, they seem to like these. Let's let's keep them. And
0: I've got an idea though. And I think this is, I'm creating jobs here. I think every it's a big time professional team should have somewhat of a college-esque marching band. What do people who are in the pride of Oklahoma or any college band, what do they do after college? I mean, some of them maybe go on to still be musicians or maybe they teach music or they instruct music, but like, I don't know. But give them, those, the, those talented people, and there are a lot of them that are very talented, give them the opportunity to get like, if like the NBA, if like you had like an NBA, like this is your band and like maybe for some cities that doesn't work because the pageantry of it maybe is lost on them because they don't really know about college sports. But even just like a a house band would be cool. If each NBA arena, if every NFL, I think an NFL, every NFL team should have a marching band.
1: I love the idea of, I think as great as college football bands are, as like the band music in college football coming from the stands yeah um there's nothing like going to a basketball game and hearing the hearing it's the band beautiful. it's, it's beautiful. awesome it's awesome like high school college it's the only two places you see it but like both both arenas both levels of play so awesome to have a band a, a real live band playing but
0: the, the one thing that the, the the washington nfl franchise does well um is they have a marching band um I and the, know that. they have a fight song hail of that hail to their team name mm-hmm. so um
1: i'm all about it i'm all about getting rid of crazy train everybody clap your hands and you know what some people are gonna like this but i'm done with ymca
0: i, I think that's a fair take i think get it out sense. of here we're done we're done we actually are done uh that is a um a, that does it for us it is it is over tyler Wraps and are all up. It is Thanksgiving now. We turn our attention. Before Bedlam, are you excited for, for the Thanksgiving festivities?
1: Yeah. No. Thanksgiving's a wonderful holiday.
0: Before we get out of here, I got to ask you, what's your favorite side dish?
1: Well, we kind of stopped. I, I can't think of the last time I had. We kind of stopped with the traditional like turkey, gravy, mashed potatoes. I love it. Yeah. I love it, and it's been that it's been so long that that is. But if we're if I'm if we're talking about, um, the tradition, um, I would say mine. I just I have
0: to go with green bean casserole, oh, Tyler. I knew I joined this company for a reason, mm-hmm. and it's for that take right there. Mashed green potatoes, bean casserole undefeated.
1: Mashed potatoes are good, but yeah, I'm getting kind of tired of that consistency, and cranberry salad. Huh. Never really understood it.
0: Is your family a Tur- macaroni family?
1: No. On Thanksgiving? More of a it's a there's a cheesy potato casserole that That gets that
0: made works too. That's with fine the with me. Corn flakes. Honestly, you can cut out the middleman of having mashed potatoes and macaroni and cheese by having a really good cheesy potato casserole. Agreed. So, I'm looking forward to it. What about yours? What I mean, green bean casserole is my number one. Okay. Um, I Confirm. think that turkey had it today. It's really easy to trace your hand and make a turkey out of it and make a bunch of arts and crafts with little kids and kind of teach them the, the wrong meaning of Thanksgiving. But I think it's time that America moves to different meats on Thanksgiving. Like ham? No, not ham. I'm talking ribs. Ribs i'm talking a thanksgiving steak that's what we've that's literally what we've kind of switched to if you're gonna do like and that's the thing about thanksgiving is you usually only eat these foods once a year if you want to talk about a food that i don't eat enough and something i probably have once a year but it's more because of cost give me a thanksgiving steak or give me a thanksgiving ribs i love a rib really good just uh give me give me a full rack i'll eat other people's who can't finish theirs because they have you know they don't have big appetites like i do i will eat your leftover ribs all day every day and then i'll make it into a rib sandwich the next day
1: you will pierce a straw into the marrow i will i will too i love ribs i love all that
0: this has been my most passionate tangents i think
1: i still think you need a
0: food podcast um
1: yeah I, I do i think you need a food column at the paper
0: but there, there, there's something I, and I i know i kind of keep keeping you're kind of you're on you're halfway out the door um i i did pitch an idea at the ou daily once where i went around to norman businesses and ate food and we talked about like just whatever like it was just kind of like a comedy thing but like we ate the food and then we reviewed the food and it was supposed to be called taste buds that's an amazing name it fell through um never bring it back never got made um so if anyone tries to do that that was my idea um a food show has never been done before i know so this is clearly a joe bettner original with you um, if, if any Norman businesses want to invite Tyler and I in, we'll maybe talk college football. I don't know if you want to, I think football and food. Ooh. We're giving away too much, too much, too much. Uh, you, you've, you've, you've all heard enough. We appreciate you guys for listening. Happy Thanksgiving and safe travels. Thanks again, everyone, for listening to another OU football podcast powered by The Norman Transcript. Another OU football podcast is available on all major podcast platforms, so whether you're listening on Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, you should be able to find us. If you do use Apple, we'd appreciate it if you left us a five-star rating and a review. It helps us tremendously and gets the word out about the show. Thank you once again for making us a part of your day, and we'll hope you'll tune in again for the next episode. On behalf of the Transcript Sports staff, my name is Joe Bettner, and we will catch you
2: next time.